spoiler alert. Oh, fuck! This is the only fucking podcast about the Sopranos. So what, no fucking ZD now? This week on No Fucking ZD, we're talking about shopping at Costco, Home Alone 2, and taking a nice tinkle. I got no opinion one way or the other. It's an all-new episode of No Fucking ZD. Welcome to No Fucking ZD. WZTI, <laughs> Evan and the B in the morning. How's your drive time? Oh, yeah, that drive time commute. Um, I hope it's okay. I hope you guys aren't stuck in traffic, but. Maybe that's also, why they're listening. You. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, talking about. Um, I say this every week, so it's losing all meaning, but one of the best episodes, at least for me. Um, Clearly kind of a polarizing episode for a lot of people because a lot of people hated the dream stuff wanted everyone to wanted to just get to the gangster stuff and, and stay in that 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 world i think but i speak for everyone when i say that this was a gangster dream i agree with that um uh talking about the test dream if you haven't figured it out already and you probably didn't because we gave no clues about it whatsoever but uh well did they know that it's episode 60 Three, yeah. <laughs> we uh, we are unprepared, actually. <laughs> much like uh, much like Tony Soprano in this episode, we've never been we're very we've, unprepared. We've never been prepared. I have dreams all the time. Yeah, where like who's a fame, you know, like John Hamm is right. like, I'm on your show. You're unprepared, and then I tried to shoot him. Right, but it doesn't work. I uh, and uh, yeah, and then and then and then you wake up. Do you would are you in a cold sweat? Or usually, in about, the, usually in the plaza. Right, right. Yeah, yes, generally. I know, this this makes me want to just do that for one night. Just go and stay in the plaza. <laughs> Call an Asian hooker from TV. Yeah, which I'm assuming is no longer a thing. Was that a thing? I, I was I'm wondering about, about that. Because like, I used to visit New York like with my family <laughs> around the time that this stuff was going on. Mm-hmm. Like actual Sopranos was being shot and stuff like that. It's like... Does that exist? Did, like, and my dad would be like, "Okay, so I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Bedtime. Here's here. He'd be like, "I'm going to sleep. Here's the TV remote. This is New York. There's some weirdo shit." Mm. And I was like, "Okay." Yeah. And then I found it, <laughs> of course. Okay. Yeah. Because I was like 12, and it was well, like weird. Look for right away. Weird, like nudist cable access. Well, there know? was. Oh, I can't think of her name now, but there yeah. was that like old older woman who was like the sex therapist doctor or something like right. dr susan something i remember dr susan but this was a different one mm. and it was like hang on ariane's right here she knows. okay <laughs> we're we're, uh, we're checking hold on we're getting one of our interns to tell us hey, who what was that cable access show where everyone would be naked in new york the robin bird show Thank you. the robin bird show our intern our, our fact checkers just informed us that it's the uh the robin bird show is that what she said not robin big not Robin Big, <laughs> Robin no, Bird, no, right? The Robin R. R. Bird Big, show. by the way. Yeah, yeah. Ex- well, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> see at the crossroads. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I found the Robin Bird show, and that mm. that was the thing. But like, so could you just like die? Was it like dial a hooker time? Was that what? It's was possible. that what Ju- Rudy Giuliani was trying to stop? I feel like yes, but I highly doubt they were like naked on TV. And I think when they showed up, they looked nothing like the advertisement. That that girl who shows up for t- to Tony's room is is quite appealing to she's the eyes. She's not one from the advertisement, but she's but not she's, unlike those ladies. Right, yeah. I really uh, love it when she bends over to get the drink. Yes. And you can see her thong, and then she looks at him like, 
What are you looking at? <laughs> and you know it's about to go down. You know it's about to go down. They're going to play some board games. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mahjong, of course. Right. Well, what is that? <laughs> That's like an old lady. Like I think it's like a, an old Chinese like domino game. It's okay. like Chinese dominoes. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's back up. A little bit. Yeah. Um, approximately 21 minutes in the episode, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, we Let's get the gangster stuff out of the way. We Or, you know, the stuff that everyone really wants to talk about. And none of that dream shit. We'll talk about that in the second half. None of that. Or whenever, whenever it happens. You never know. So, what's... Uh... So, we have... Um, I mean, you know, <laughs> the, the tensions in New York have been, have been uh, uh, rising, if you will. Right. Um, the, the water's a bubbling. Mm-hmm. And so basically Angelo gets his in this episode. And that's because right. he, uh, I guess Johnny and Phil have kind of pieced it together that he must have had something to do with the old, uh, the peeps murder a couple episodes back. And he's a logical sacrifice bunt, you know. That's true. Good point. Um, yeah, I mean, Angelo, uh, we'll see him at the crossroads as well. We get, uh, you know, yeah. we get that funny scene where he gives, uh, Tony B the little, because I'm the boss, I said so plaque and mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. of, you know, the, the little reminder for the audience that these guys were really close in prison, although yeah. we barely see them together outside of prison, but well, we still, get a little, I guess. We, it does a few things. One is that it introduces us to, um, Angelo once again, we mm-hmm. haven't gotten a ton of Angelo. Yeah, I don't um, think he was around too much last episode. But. Right, so we get that reminder, and we also get the reminder that Tony B is now the king of the castle over at the uh, the casino the, the casino spot. Right. Um, and so it's kind of a nice place. You know, it looks pretty cool. He has kind of a wacky uh, fancy suit on. Yeah, is that at the casino or are they out to dinner? I guess that is the casino. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, they yeah. go to see him at work. Right. And they go on the back, which sucks. Mm-hmm. The back sucks. With Angelo's son, who's who's Who reminds not- me an awful lot of Steve Buscemi. Interesting. Do you think that maybe that is Tony B's long lost son <laughs> that we haven't heard about and we'll never hear about again? Yeah. <laughs> this is going great today, by the way. <laughs> um, he just reminds me of him. He goes, you know, when the light fixtures, he kind of sounds like Steve Buscemi. Mm. I don't know. It's just, it's, it was like a, 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 what do they call it on the AV club? Random uh, thoughts. Oh, a stray observation. Stray I think. observation. Yes. Capital S, mm-hmm. capital O. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just thought, and then he places the sign in a position of prominence he on does. the wall next to the water heater where no one's going to see it. He does. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, because it's really not not much to write home about. It's a wooden plaque with just regular font. <laughs> I don't know if you call that a plaque even. Isn't a plaque uh, metal? That's like a wooden, that's a sign. It's a sign. It's a sign, <laughs> it's a yeah. sign. It's a sign yeah. that's going to wind up in a bathroom somewhere. Um, yeah, or in an FBI evidence room. Or that, <laughs> yeah. or that, yeah. Uh, so from that point on, I mean, Angelo's not long for this world. He, uh, right. uh, he gets taken up by... Uh, Philly and Billy Leotardo. Yes. I think we've seen Billy Leotardo, but... Was, yeah, he was shining... Uh, yeah, he showed up at the uh, the at the Esplanade. Right. He also was shining uh, Johnny Sack's car at the beginning of the previous episode. That's right, yeah. So right. we've seen a little bit of him, like, barely enough. Looks nothing like Philly. Whatever. The huge age gap. Yeah. I mean, unless... Unless Phil is actually really young and just looks really old, but the huge right. age gap between these two, but they are brothers and um, and you know apparently very close. Yeah, I mean, why is, wouldn't you be? Yeah, right. With Phil, well, <laughs> hey, well I don't know. Um, <laughs> 
And, uh, uh, you know, just a great scene. Such a typical Soprano scene. Um, he's out buying, like, a high chair for his grandkids or something. And uh, Yeah. Uh, the whole scene is really nice, though. I mean, it's first, well, well first of staged. all, you know how hard it is to get a Costco guy to take your shit out there for you? Oh, yeah? That's not how it works. Well, I'm not. Uh, members only over there. I'm not one of the members. Yeah, well, not in, I mean, it doesn't work that way in Brooklyn. you got to fight your way out of that right. store. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They're not, like, there's a, there's a whole bunch of people just waiting, like, <laughs> you know, keeping you in. Right. And uh, he pays off the guy. Anyway, so he's getting going and he's listening to Peanut. All these guys are always listening to these fucking happy-go-lucky doo-wop, like white doo-wop tunes. Right. When they're about to get fucking iced. Yeah. And it's uh, we should mention it's a Frankie Valley song as well. So oh, a little, right. little fourth ball getting broken there. Again? And, yeah. <clears throat> that must have been the funnest joke to play. I know, yeah. I'm surprised they went this hard on it, actually. You know, like... Yeah. Uh, uh, they're at the Four Seasons a couple episodes ago. <laughs> with uh, Frankie Valley. With, yeah. Um, but cool. Cool, 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 cool. And, yeah, super uh, cool. Just cool. Yeah. And uh, so we're just kind of a reminder that he's one of the people kind of behind this whole nonsense going on, you totally. know? Um, yeah, I mean, I just it's a, it's a well executed scene. It's it's scary and funny at the same time. Like I love uh, Phil and Bill arguing about the, all the work that he just had done to the car. You know, oh right, it's like uh, right. it's like a mixture of like it's like a perfect mixture of like that Public Enemy influence and like the Goodfellas influence too. Well, the Goodfellas influence is there, especially because like doesn't the guy who played Angelo doesn't his character die in a trunk that way too? Uh, well, Frank Vincent, who plays Phil Leotardo, dies. Oh in right, the trunk. that's yeah. the connection. Billy Bats. Billy Bats. Billy Bats. Yeah. Not Billy Bass. Uh, no, just Big Mouth Billy Bats. <laughs> That's it's, good. Yes, very different. All right. Um, yeah, he died. I mean, he's the body in the trunk at the very beginning of the movie. That's right. And the body, they have to move a couple times. Uh, but he gets his revenge in God, Casino. All these shows are the same. <laughs> I know. Yeah, hold on a second. There's nothing unique about The Sopranos. Um, but yeah, he gets his revenge in, uh, in Casino. From what I remember, I actually That's, haven't seen Casino in a long time. Me neither. We should watch that. Mm. But I think he kills uh, Joe Joe Pesh and uh, and Joe Pesci's brother in Casino in, in the cornfields at the end. Um, yeah. So they they ice him in the in the trunk. Um, I think that the funniest part of that scene is that like so so Billy causes some trouble by basically forcing Angelo to rear end him. Right. And then after they kill Angelo and shut the trunk. <laughs> That's what Phil has been thinking about the whole time. Clearly, yeah. he's like, you know, the work I just had. <laughs> Come on, like, it's, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, the whole episode is great. At like, like you know, like pulling things from the whole season together, and that's one of them. I and mean, that, that, you know, that was one of the big fights a couple episodes ago for Phil, and now it's escalated to this point. But it makes me laugh. The car is like just a great sort of like continual joke on Phil. That's like, it's just this. It's like a it's like a sore at the top of his mouth that he mm. can't get rid of. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, it's just like right. making everything kind of suck the whole time. Right. But like that's some real that's some real New York shit. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like because the the thing is that that the thing that we have to remember is that Angelo is part of the New York crew. And yeah, I guess that's true. Right. And it's easy to forget. And I had to remind myself of that. Right. Because, and that's why it's such a big thing that Tony B steps into the fold there. Right. You know what I mean? Well, right. Because he's kind of freelancing for uh, for the wrong team. In right. A way. Well, right. and then he's not freelancing for anyone. He's acting like a free agent, mm -hmm. as they say, mm -hmm. just like Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's like the Kevin Durant. Tony B. Of Sopranos, yeah. <laughs> My next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the yard, maybe. We'll see. But, yeah. you know, I actually... Well, he doesn't make it back to prison, unfortunately. Right. Uh, but, anyhow. Um, 
Yeah, Angelo gets it. And it's 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 I didn't like to see him go. Me neither. Uh and it's uh it's disturbing on yeah. many levels. Um seeing him talk through that plastic, it's very well shot. It is, yeah. We should point out that this episode was written by Matt Weiner and David Chase. The Chase Man. The Chase Man Davy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Davy. Uh and uh directed by Alan Coulter, mm-hmm. who's kind of a mainstay. Yes, like the Jim Henson of Sopranos. Basically, yep, <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> um, but it's this is kind of, this is a, a bit of a magnum opus. I gotta say, you know, even mm. though it's a, even though it's kind of a wacky episode in terms of the dream sequence, like everything's executed in kind of a really really solid way. Yeah, even if you take it aside from the dream sequence. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I agree. I, I feel like this is this is the episode that maybe David Chase hope to make someday when he first kind of put the show together in his mind you right. know and we've said this but you could you, you could not have got this episode past the goalie mm. you know in a, a season two you know yeah well true certainly not season one not season one but i mean i guess it's it's sort of like uh, Funhouse in a way with, with the fever yeah. dreams. Yeah, well, we were talking about that when we yeah. when we when we watched that episode. I knew it was something. Mm. Uh, we were talking about that episode. We, you know, that's that's an episode that you can't make usually. Right. It's hard to pitch. It's hard to get approved. If this was CBS, uh, come on, absolutely you know? not. Yeah. Yeah. Although, well, yeah, probably not. No, yeah. no, 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 don't try to qualify. <laughs> well, I was gonna that. say. I mean, it's it's definitely has a lot of Twin Peaks influence. Like for okay, if it was it, CBS thirty years ago, right. maybe you could get it past the goalie when uh, when only like seventeen people were watching television. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Huge ratings if you got fifteen or more people. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, there were only two shows back then. Right. What was it, 1990? They only had one channel. You didn't have rem- remote control. Oh, yeah, you had to get up and, and you had to change get up it. and change it, and you only had two channels. It was like Ed Sullivan and Twin Peaks. That, that was it. Right? Yeah, what did we do back then? And yet TV Guide was still 500 pages long. Well. Weird. That's just that's just what they want you to, you know. Right. Yeah. Brainwashing. Life is, life is just strange like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do feel like I mean it's such a Matt Weiner episode too. Totally. You know, it's it reminds me a lot of Roger's acid trip and uh Yeah, and, and the episode where Don we're talking about Mad Men by the way. Mm-hmm. The episode where Don the Mad Guys. The, the, the mad guys. Mm-hmm. The mad guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the episode where uh where um the other the sort of slick looking once they have the merger anyway uh it's in like season four or five when mm. after their offices have come together yeah they, uh they have uh spoilers that part of my brain is like all turned off right now but there's the episode where don gets injected with like a b vitamin shot yes and he's kind well, of speed basically yeah it's yeah. essentially yeah. like it's like a mental bottle episode and which right. is what this is because it's certainly not a bo- bottle episode and as you described it to me in the classic sense where it's like meant to save a little bit of money right because like two guys are trapped in a safe right yeah one location yeah minimal actors yeah, yeah exactly it, right. th- this is but but it is a bottle episode in that we're like bottled inside of someone's mind and like yeah forced to kind of go along for this ride and we find out a lot and uh yep. we're making way for some uh some stuff next week so true there's yeah. a lot of, we're, it's it's it, it's really interesting i love this episode because it does so much to advance the plot as far as um, both Carmela and Tony, uh, as yep. well as as far as their relationship and uh, Tony's relationship with Tony B. Yes, and 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 yeah, but with not a lot of real plot at the same time. No, you like know? barely yeah. anything happens. It's just kind of stuff in the background, right? But we also have no Adriana. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Which is like looking back, I thought she was in every episode, and like the noose was or the screws were just getting tighter and tighter. But Same like with the noose, it's like and with yes. the noose, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the Iron Maiden. But she's yeah. I mean, she was in a scene last week, not much the week before, and um. It's, well, it's, she's just. I I think it's good because I mean, next week the shoe's gonna drop, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the thing is that. Like, I like how this is sort of real world stuff, how this stuff kind of goes to the background and yep. maybe it's kind of okay. Maybe she's figuring out how to work with it and live with it. And she sort of has, but then we find out next week that, oh, you know, the FBI doesn't quit. You right. Know? Yeah. It really catches you by surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love that. And yeah. And like a lot of time has passed because, you know, by, by the end of the season, it'll be the dead of winter. Tony's running through the, running through the snow. Right. And, um, you know, we, we've covered almost like a full... I don't know. I don't. It feels like seven or eight months, or I feel like it starts around Easter time, I guess, and then guess it like so, ends right? around Christmas or something. Right, and um, because I mean, uh, uh, the big birthday party, the uh, Marco Polo episode. Yep, that, like that was dead. obviously summertime. Yes, yep. so the dog days of summer. Yeah. Oh man, I'm looking forward to that. We're gonna do a little grilling tomorrow. We are. Yeah. Talk about yeah. that. Uh, I do. I mean, listen, it's been a rainy New York summer so far, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready for these. I'm ready for the heat wave, the opposite of whatever the opposite of a polar vortex is. I'm ready for that. Um, yeah. And then I'll, and that's, that's it. That was just a, a really personal thing I wanted to say this <laughs> yeah, week. <laughs> it has been. I mean, I, I like the New York heat cause it just takes the whole city down a notch. Yeah. You know, like people yeah. are just like a, t- a hair less intense because yeah. no one can fight it. doesn't matter how much money you have, whatever, like poor man, rich man, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just like everyone is just like kind of being held down yeah. <laughs> like a little bit. Phys- by, like physically. Like it physically. No, is, it's literally yeah. physically like everybody's a little slower, mm-hmm. you know, like you go to the gym and they're like, all right guys, we're going to take it easy today. <laughs> Cause it's so hot. <laughs> we're going to watch know? a movie in class today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, roll but, in the TV and you watch for like, Simmons. Like any New Yorker has this attitude, like, Oh, we go hard all the time, you know, mm. but that's the one thing that like, that everyone is just like, all right, already, you know, yep. it's like the heat. You're just like, all right, we get a pass. It's a cool. great equalizer. Yeah. Just everyone with a face cloth on their forehead. Just, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, you can get, you can be late to anything when it's that hot. Like yeah. no one gives a shit. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Like I, if it's really, really hot outside, you can show up and be like, oh, I'm sorry. It's really hot outside. And people will be like, <laughs> oh my I God, know. here's a Snapple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, that's the summertime podcast. Yeah, and we exactly. have some recipes to have the best summer ever. Yeah. First of all, margaritas. You should buy them at a bar and not make them yourself. Gotta have them. That's, you gotta have them. Yeah. But don't make them. Exactly. We were talking about not, like, make make coffee at home so you don't have to spend five bucks mm-hmm. at work on coffee. Then you can buy a $12 beer. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. New York, baby. <laughs> uh, anyway, what were we talking about? Um, some <laughs> Which episode? show yeah. with, like, a mafia thing. Yeah. I forget. Um, a dream sequence. The, the, well, well we sh- not yet. Not yet. Let's Not yet. just Sorry. like get through. Uh, I mean, most of the episode is that, but um, uh, you know, let's set up where Tony's at. Uh, he he knows there's something wrong with Tony B. He's not totally sure what you know in his subconscious. There's some there's something telling him that there's something going on with Tony B. Right. And afterward, he says, "I knew it." 
mm-hmm. because he was acting all squirrely. Right. <laughs> which is one of my favorite Tony Soprano words. Yeah. <laughs> squirrely. He was acting all squirrely. Uh, it's it's a lot like the Big Puss stuff in season two. Totally. I, I think we said before, it's a lot like that, the scene, the first episode from season two where Tony's just looking at, at Puss like across the backyard. Grill. Across the across grill. the grill, through the yeah. grill, and just knows something's wrong. Yeah. Doesn't really know quite yet what it is, but like, it, this is this is Tony and his his three steps ahead um like almost supernatural ability where he knows he kind of he's able to piece things together he just doesn't really know like what the big picture looks like quite yet but he's he's close so okay yeah so let's i totally agree let's sort of like red red thread this thing together a little bit here okay. so so i thought you never ask we we had uh we had the uh yeah, we should rent. Uh, we should rent some sort of storage unit yeah. in downtown Brooklyn and just, <laughs> just, just come have, in, just yeah. like pull the thing up. <laughs> um, we, Cigarette uh, dangling from our mouths. Cig- just yeah, haven't like, slept in days. Yeah, like, 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 like <laughs> episode like, five hundred one. No, you got it. The class of two thousand four. And then we do the thing where we pour a drink and hand it to the guy, and they go, "I don't want this." Like, you're gonna need it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like all the cliche bullshit. Yeah. Have one. Here it goes. If you don't want it, have one anyway. You <laughs> know. Right. So. so so, so we have the the basis of this whole thing is peeps getting whacked. Yes, which like we could we could follow we could do a deep dive into that, but like Tony B recognition money blah 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 mm-hmm. wax Joey peeps gravestone gravestone limousine I don't want to drink have one anyway. Mm-hmm. There's animosity. Yes, not only that, but even going a little further back, there's Tony's weird guilt about the panic attack from years ago right and how so he's got to defend him he, exactly he has to defend him he feels very guilty about the situation he put him in already mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even guiltier about what he knows he has to do which yeah. you were getting to so well yeah so well this episode was getting to well yeah essentially yeah right. um, i i don't know anything so so we got we got that as like the, the basis for all of this mm-hmm. and then they decide to whack angelo Yes. And we get that. We get the relationship between Tony B and Angelo reinforced. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should also, uh, we should, we should also mention that, uh, the folks that hired Tony B to whack Joey peeps are Carmine's Carmine people. Right. They're little Carmines. <laughs> right. Little, little Carmines. They are all- <laughs> <laughs> right. So basically, uh, so it's rusty. Who's like the mayor of Munchkinland, mm-hmm. Dick, Dick Cheney to uh, <laughs> Little Carmine. Yep. And uh, then we have Angelo, who's like getting back into the fold, but is kind of shitting where he eats a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I, it's a fuck up. You know, he fucked up. He should have stayed retired. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or just like not had someone. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So there are all kinds of missteps here. But comedy of errors. Comedy of errors. Yeah. But basically, Tony B decides to do this and... Tony S has been trying to stay neutral. That shit doesn't work. So it agitates Johnny Sack even more and it, and it agitates Tony even more because Tony was trying to stay out of this thing, mm-hmm. but Tony B has inserted them into a New York power struggle. Right. And also we should say it's uh, like we were saying before, it's kind of a, he knows, but he doesn't know type deal. Mm-hmm. Like Tony S knows that Tony B killed peeps. He just, right. it's never been said, but it's in there. It's in his mind. Right. He knows that that's, that, 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 uh, that the mafia telepathy. Right. Um, Definitely. And so that, I feel like, helps him piece it together. He knows how the mob works. As we said, he's, he's the best mobster. Yeah. Uh, he knows when he hears that Angelo has been killed, he understands why. 
because of course that's just that, that those are the rules you know that's the life they chose that's what's going to happen wait so and, so so sill calls him mm-hmm. i always have trouble keeping this episode together in my mind mm. i never remember that it actually ends with the phone call between him and carmella i always yes. feel like there's something afterward but anyway so he gets the phone call from sill he gets a message from sill yeah right uh, yep and then who does he talk to when he says he was acting all squirrely? Uh, Polly. He calls the casino first. That's right. Actually, he calls Tony B first, and then they they cut to him, uh, you know, smoking. He looks at, he looks at the phone, doesn't pick it up because um, he's on his way. He's to, on his way, yeah. right? Or he's already done it. I guess it's kind of you don't really know because we never we we don't see Billy Leotardo get killed in in. I mean, next week we see a flashback of it from like Phil's POV. That's, that's the first scene, basically. Yeah, one of them. It's one of them. Yeah. Um. Uh. So he calls Tony B. Tony B doesn't pick up, and I think he just has that sinking feeling and just knows what's going down. Right. Right. Calls right. Casino right. calls Polly, and um, and then Jade the escorts shows Jade es- up Jade escorts. <laughs> Jade escorts. so yeah so, so Polly says something and he goes well I knew that something was going on he was yeah. acting all squirrely and he so this is another betrayal from Tony B yes because Tony B like what you're supposed to do I would imagine is be like hey man they whacked my friend like you go to the boss and you say they whacked my buddy can we do something about it or whatever? Yeah. And I think, I think the hard part there is that Tony knows, well, yeah, of course they did. That's what they do. That's what we would do too. You know, and it's not our fucking business. Yeah. And it's really Tony B's faults. And he, so like he's able to, he can see the next few steps here. Like what's supposed right. to happen. Well, and he knows yeah. that, and he knows that Tony is, he knows something about Tony B where they were really close. Mm-hmm. He knows he flips out you know, and gets kind of hyper emotional. It's like, it's like another piece of that soprano temper that we talked about last week. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and the McCarthy temper that we talked about yesterday. (laughs) Don't forget about that. (laughs) Right. Uh, But but basically like, it's one of those things where it's, it's just another thing that's bad for business. Yeah. He, he knows for whatever reason that Tony B is going to trip out. Yes. And there we are. And there we are. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that is, those are the things he goes to bed sleeping about that night and yes. the things that are on his mind aside from uh i mean well let's let's take our little break here um we'll go have, so, have a little tinkle i always like to tinkle after the first half of the, <laughs> after, after the first half of the show after i podcast <laughs> i like to have a nice tinkle um but we'll come back and we'll set up like you know the the real world stuff because even the beginning the first few scenes are all dreamlike in their own way. Well, I'm interested in debating on. you on when the dream actually starts. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So, <laughs> after we'll, the break. We'll <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah. No fucking ZD is brought to you by. I can't go into that right now. Thanks for the times that you've given me. 
I think you would make a great Travago guy, actually. <laughs> you should go up for that audition. Podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Travago. Uh, welcome back to No Fucking ZD. Just, we're just lulling you guys to sleep so we can in- infiltrate your dreams. Um, Evan and the B. <laughs> WZTI. <laughs> That's going to be our new thing. I'm serious. I think we should go have, really far. Yeah, we should have like, uh, like you know, a drop machine or whatever they're called for like a the, drop machine you know for like the fart noises and then like the like a soundboard like eye poppies and stuff like that you know that we have to drop in when there's right. like some sexy shit going on With some old ass car horn yeah like, i think we need that and then like a dj Khaled, like you played yourself yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> we really need that a couple of o's you know from oh. Polly or something um yeah we need we need a soundboard uh i thought they were called drops i thought like it was i don't know why i just i've heard that i I mean i'm no expert in radio Mm. i i i don't know that much about old-timey technology right um Mm -hmm. uh, yeah yeah but uh maybe that's what it's called well i I guess i'm not an expert either and so um much like this podcast uh, podcast i should stop talking about it Uh, all right, welcome back. So, um, let's set up where Tony's at. I mean, there's really only three or four scenes before we start the, the mega dream sequence. And um, I think we set it up pretty well. Well, we did, but we didn't talk about Valentina lighting herself on fire. That's one big one. And um, yeah, yeah. So that's well, really guess, the big one, I guess. Is that I guess we just should that, mention that, that. That's part of a pattern, isn't it? It is. It is. I think it's kind of it's a little bit on the nose of like Tony ruining people's lives. True. I just wanted to bring it up because we do see another ex girlfriend of his in the dream sequence, and um, it's not Valentina. It's not Valentina, but it's someone else he feels equally guilty about in a way. Way more guilty than Valentina. Well, yeah, which I guess just goes to show that he really didn't learn the lesson ultimately that he could have learned from the, from the Gloria Trillo um, suicide. Well, Although there's, there's well, a lot of lessons he should have learned from that that he didn't, that he didn't but uh, still. Yeah. I mean, well, let's be honest here. I mean, she could have been cooking herself a snack just the same. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> As he says, the fire's, you know? right. <laughs> right, right, right. The fire's not not Tony's fault necessarily. Right. But he does say, uh, and I, I don't know if I believe him, but he does say that he was going to break up with her that night anyway. I think that she lit herself on fire and then he realized what a long road it was going to be and yeah. then decided that, no, 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 I'm not going down this yeah, road. Yeah, he was already, he was kind of edging for the door a little bit, maybe, right. but like this sealed the deal. I mean, actually, that whole scene between them is pretty funny because it starts with them like, you know, getting it on. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, not in the Commodore's way. Right. <laughs> you know, okay, okay. <laughs> not very, it wasn't very tender. Right. Um, it's one of those scenes where it's like he could be passing a kidney stone. We don't know. Right. Um, but... Then he says, he says, you're not going to cook, are you? <laughs> and that's how you know. Like, she's not the woman for Tony, first of all. Right. And then she goes, how about some of this? And he goes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Egg beaters and, and, and Tabasco. Tabasco. Yeah. Yeah, fine. That's a cool snack. Right. You know? Right. Um, and then she lights herself on fire cooking for him. Mm-hmm. He's very good at putting out fires. 
I don't know if I would have reached for the comforter right off the bat. That was a smart, smart move. thinking. Yeah, he yeah. saved her life. I would have. I don't know what I would have done. I would have run to a neighbor's house and <laughs> and just told them to deal with it, and then I would have allowed. But Tony reaches for the comforter, which is which is I would I probably wouldn't know what to do if someone was on fire in front of me. Right. Um, right. So good on him. Uh, I guess then you could say he saved her life in many ways. Yeah, um, which is so, the opposite of what he does most of the time right. he's a good guy uh You're but a anyway great guy tony he, he, um it's just a little on the nose though like the people by getting in getting involved with him are lighting themselves on fire mm. i thought the most interesting thing about that scene the sort of telling part of that scene i mean we have a lot of little hints that carmel and tony both sort of want to get back together big time yeah from the uh wonder years freeze frame last episode with oh, Carmela, yeah. which we didn't talk about but said we were going to talk about you expressed your distaste for it uh, yeah, I mean, it feels out of place. I feel like they could have just had Carmela walk out of frame and it would have been the same thing. Just like linger on, on, on Wegman in the background there. Yeah. Um, yeah. um, I don't know why they did that. I, f- my guess is like, they just didn't have the footage or something and they needed to find a creative way to transition from scene to scene. And you don't think they were like, this is fucking amazing. Maybe, Look at this. maybe, I mean, it was directed by that guy, Mike Figgis, but he almost certainly didn't have final cut because it would have been David Chase coming in. And right. So I guess it was his choice, but like, a lot of the time when you're making these things, like the edits are workarounds. It's like, we have right. this footage, but we missed this shot. Can you still make a scene? Can you still put something together? Well, but and I always thought that that moment was more about the look on her face where she's like, ah, is. what did I do? But like, why not just have her, why not just linger on her face for a minute and have her walk out of frame or just yeah. follow her out? It's just oh, strange. So maybe it's, that, maybe it's that they didn't have it. Yeah. Something. Yeah. But, or maybe they just wanted to try something different and that's cool too. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta risk it for the biscuit sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> In the words of Mark Wahlberg, maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> right. Maybe fuck yourself. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, all right, so there, we talked about it. I feel it. like that's what Chase would say to you. Probably, probably. Um, God, so, you would hate this. So, so, we had our, <laughs> so we had our freeze frame last week. Right. Tony says a thing or two here and there. They fuck, you know, whatever. Right. They want to get back together, kind of. They you definitely know? do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, one of the things that's another clue about that is uh, the fact that Valentina says she yells at him, and I I, I really like this woman, spicy, you Me know. Too. Yeah. Um, and she says she says you know you're getting a divorce, and I see you less than before. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's not fun anymore. Yep. It's not fun anymore because he's not sneaking around. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, totally, totally. It's, this is now his world like... is is uh you know it's 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 hobbled a little a little bit. Is that a word? It's hobbled. Yeah. It's, it's hobbled. It, it, it's uh, both of those are words. It's yes. hobbling. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like a chair. It's like a it's like a chair with three legs right now. What we ne- say goes needs Carmela. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, true. It's it's no longer fun. Um, and uh, I mean, by episode's end, he's calling Carmela in bed, and, and clearly, clearly, he misses her. But I just wanted to I just wanted to bring her up because yeah. Gloria comes up again. Uh, and then also, as we were talking right now, I'm thinking uh, th- th- there's clearly some connections between. Um, Piomai and the the women in Tony's like the side chicks in Tony's life, you know, like when we get to the dream, Carmela's like uh, fuck, and and Piomai was also lit on fire, and I'm just pointing out something that I thought of right now. God damn it, but that man. could be nothing. I'm just saying. I don't, no, it's uh, something, maybe. and you know it. I and you come in here <laughs> all <laughs> unassuming and shit, start dropping them like I, just, I give you that just, like, it's just like it's nothing. Just don't give me that aw shuck shit. <laughs> Um, anyway, well, well, let's, let's get to the dream. I mean, that's, that's the meat of the episode. Um, yeah, I I do think the second half of this podcast so far is better than the first half. Agreed. Agreed. We're off to, yeah, we're on, we're on fire.
fire, would you say? I'll oh. edit that out. I will edit that out, I promise. <laughs> um, <laughs> Look, you don't have final cut on this podcast. It's <laughs> right. in our contract. David Chase does. <laughs> Chase, you want to get in here? Anytime. The Chase man. Um, the Chase right. man. So the director man. When do you think the dream starts? Okay. Because it is weird. There's, there's, there's... The dream starts when the, the, the cut right after he gets his car parked. I thought about that too, watching it today. No, you gotta, you can't choose mine. Okay. 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 <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Well then How I... How about the second he, you can choose like the second he shuts the car door. Dream. It's, it starts to feel dreamlike once he gets into the hotel. No question. But I guess fine. I'll come down on it starts when it actually starts when right. he's at, when he's in bed and rolls over and, and, and big car mine is there. <laughs> Fair enough. But, <laughs> no, you can, you can, we can agree. We can agree. I thought it yeah. was going to be a big, uh, well, I thought about that watching it today, but then all yeah. the scenes in between make me think that like the phone call with Polly is not in his dream. You know, like could, that, he goes in and out of dreams. He does. He does. Like in uh, the the puss episode. I guess that's true. And I was gonna say, um, Jade escorts five 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 whatever is not there when Christopher shows up. But I guess she wouldn't sleep over anyway. So maybe she never even came, and me. I, I don't know. I don't think she came. Yeah, <laughs> she absolutely did not. She, she did not. She no, didn't. Of course came. not. She said that she did. <laughs> yeah, but she did not. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. But I, I definitely like when he walks in and like strangely Melfi is there. I'm just kind of like that's weird because that's, that's a dream. What a coincidence! There's no way. There's mm. no way. And the sound design is a little strange, like the horse hoofs, and uh, you know, which will co- which comes back in the dream when he's banging right. uh, 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 Charmaine. Charmaine. Um, who's yeah. a so, who's a who's a notary public, and then like we should all get with a woman <laughs> like that, you know? Get you a woman who can do both. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, yeah, I think that it makes sense because when he's when he's getting his car parked. He kind of he kind of barks at the guy. Mm-hmm. Says, Can't you just bark it? You know, like that's. Oh, it's also a little bit of uh, something for next week. He yeah. says long term or short term, and yeah. he's like, "We're not sure yet." Right. Uh, that I don't know what that means, but it's something. It's something. It's yeah. a, that's a thing. That's We're a, sure. I mean, the, the, that's not something they would overlook. The, right. Exactly. Unless the title for next week's changed, like at the last minute, but doubtful. Right. And um, so <laughs> so. Yeah, so he gets into the hotel. His name... I, here's another thing that makes me feel like it might be a dream, although this might just be like fancy mafioso shit. The woman looks at his credit card and then still calls him Mr. Petraglia. Mm-hmm. Does he carry a set of credit cards with the wrong name on it? There's no way. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's You can't it's just do possible, that. no? But he doesn't want to do that because he's going to get like interstate... If he got pulled over. Whatever, you know? He might maybe... I don't know. He Certainly. only brings it out for for this. I don't know. It definitely reminded me a lot of like the Kevin Finnerty stuff, you know, in yeah. next season where he has this different. I mean, different name, but and the Black and Cod, right? Yeah, or no, the Grouper Sam or or whatever. The it Black is. and Grouper Sam. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the one. It, it's it's dreamlike for sure. With like the Claire de Lune playing. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong because I don't speak French. But no, that's right. Um, and and Melfi being there and like the the details are just very weird. Again, it, it is such a Matt Weiner episode that he just walks by this like this bridal shower shoot and just kind of stares at them for a second. And you know, I, I guess I, you're supposed to think about Meadow maybe a little bit there. I don't know. And his fucking marriage. And his marriage. Yeah. I always get that moment mixed up with the scene in Home Alone two 
2 because <laughs> which also took place in that hallway yeah and it's like, also Ben Mccasey is in that movie that's right <laughs> by the that's way that's what this is about yeah. now we're getting to the meat of All it right, you, you wanted a deep dive people you are getting one uh, but yeah that's the thing is that I always get it mixed up when because it's in that same hallway where Tony sees the bride and groom or the bridal shoot I think I, where yeah. where uh, where Kevin see Kevin McAllister sees uh, Donald Trump Oh my God, that's right. He's in that movie. Right. Jesus Christ, yeah. And it's just an incredible like showing of his competence and mm-hmm. his smarts. Yes. And uh, you just you just see him and you're like, shit, man. I really, really hope that more One things day. happen between you and me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and 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 all of us. Exactly. <laughs> um. Anyway, so but but it is funny because I do get those two scenes a little bit mixed up. Like when I watched Home Alone two recently. <laughs> really. For, for my other podcast. Right. Oh, interesting. <laughs> all the Home Alone podcasts. Okay. okay. Just go back and forth between the first two. The other ones, you know. Right. Um, Macaulay. Come on, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> um, that but, kid had no chance in life. But seriously, I watched, <laughs> I watched that fucking the the Home Alone two, and I was like expecting the bridal party to be there, and it it's all there are a lot Just, of wires crossing in my brain. Right, right, right. So uh, crossing the streams. So my favorite part of Tony's dream is when he hits Joe Pesci in the face with the paint can. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good. It's just if it's and, great revenge. For and then sure. they step on the thumbtacks, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great Very if that was the end of this? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if that was the end of this episode? Was Tony like rigged a house full of like <laughs> full of like booby traps for Phil Leotard to walk into? <laughs> oh man, a tarantula just crawling across his chest at the end. Yeah, exactly. Um. So well, all right. So I, I mean, I do think that I guess we're in agreement. We didn't plan this. No, we didn't actually. Yeah, but I, I watching that today, I was like, interesting. I, I started paying attention to it and thinking, like, does it start here? I feel like it doesn't. I feel like it does. I feel like it actually starts after he and uh, he rolls over and, and Carmine's in bed. But all of it before that, leading up to it, like it's that this whole episode is really right up my alley because all of it's just very really creepy and weird. Um, there's it's, it's the really sh- fluid as well. Yeah, but the shot of him going out to the hallway and sealing the paper and he looks up and there's a guy just like walking and like you know just turning down another hallways it's like just so unsettling all of it's all of it's a little bit off well, you know? one, of, one of the things so that it feels I, dreamlike yeah it, one of the things i've noticed about some of weiner's like manic episode episodes like in mad men for example mm. um is that they have a tendency to kind of like catch you by surprise right there are a couple of scenes that are like passable as reality mm-hmm. and then you kind of something happens and you're like oh we're in it you know and yeah. so in this episode in particular clearly excuse me clearly it's when he wakes up next to Carmine right. uh, yes. that's, I think that's part of the dream yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, hoping debatable debatable but okay, <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah Um. but that's kind of what I like about it is that you, it, it's kind of it's it's anyone's guess or anyone's opinion i guess right when it actually does start be, but but i think that that's common with some of his kind of wild you know like bottle not bottle episodes that we were talking about where yeah. it's like you have a few scenes that like could be either one basically yeah it reminds me a lot and i won't spoil anything but towards the end of the of, of the series the mad guys um don draper is staying in that motel and like his tv stops working you know yeah. and like it's like it's like a borderline horror movie almost yeah. where you're kind of tense and unsettled because it just it's so different than the rest of the show and it's like 
just there's something off and you, you feel right. it for sure and you it, feel it, trapped in someone's mind a little bit right you know? and it, it definitely primes you for for what's to come um right and so let's 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 go ahead and get right into the dream um i am we uh, <laughs> we're already dreaming uh so yeah it starts with carmine senior who uh i mean the whole dream to me i mean it's obviously an anxiety dream it's the the test dream that they say everybody has although i've never had that dream where i show up to class and haven't I've, ne- I've never had the post-college dream where i'm suddenly back in college and about to take a test that i haven't studied for because i lived that so <laughs> i think that i did but i lived it in high school <laughs> yeah and then i didn't live it in college right and then i had those dreams like a handful of times yeah i actually in real life just completely missed a midterm one time because I went to the wrong classroom. So I like experienced it was hot outside. It was very hot. (laughs) That's what I tried to say. (laughs) Um, So I like I've experienced that in real life, which is why I think maybe I've never had the the teeth falling out dream. I don't think. And I've never had the showing up to class and not having studied. I've had I have the showing up to class, not having studied and not having uh, not having uh, been to class (laughs) at all for a test. But I now we know why it's called the test dream. I never even thought of that. I used to think it was yeah, I used to like put the emphasis on the wrong word that it was like like the, the yeah, but it's like the <laughs> test dream, like that's like that everyone has. I thought it was like the test dream, like it was like a, I don't I don't know, I thought it was more specific. And I'm not explaining makes, that yeah. well. No, no, no. Um but yeah, I mean this is this is an anxiety dream. It's all the stuff that he's that's in his subconscious that he's really anxious about. Um and we start like for one it's getting back together with Carmela and then uh two the big thing obviously is Tony B. Well but, well the, but but it doesn't start with Carmela. It starts well, I, it uh, starts with New York. Right, but I was going to say that uh one of the first things Carmine senior says is that he misses his wife. So like right away right. we're kind of I mean it gets right to the New York stuff after that but <laughs> what violin? But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I, they even wrote a joke into the dream. Right. I got to say kudos. But also very dreamlike, you know? I mean <laughs> yeah, but, but what violin? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I don't know why it's funny hearing James Gandolfini say, say yeah, the word funny, violin, yeah. <laughs> but it's just so fucking, it's like a Looney Tune. Right. It's really good. But yeah, so I, I think you're right. I think that in terms of the levels of importance, it's like, it takes him a minute to sort of get to the deeper stuff, which is his marriage. I mean, that that mm-hmm. is that is the more... Um, that's more of a, a a question of like what's I, I don't want to use the word soul, mm. but that's that's definitely more of a of a of a deep issue that he has to deal with that he's been kind of pushing away. Yeah, because you know he has all of this. He has the ability very easily to kind of knock away stuff that is actually relevant to his soul mm-hmm. and his i don't mean capital s like afterlife soul i mean you know right. it's like relevant to his actual existence and psychological well-being right. on a very deep level and he's able to distract himself with all, all the mafia fun and games you yeah. know and 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 the fucking and the fighting and and everything else yeah, yeah. and the money and the money yeah i mean which yeah we've right. been considering normally but. this anxiety comes out in the form of a panic attack right and that he then kind of convinces himself he doesn't understand but um, but it is really about the question of just like, is he a toxic person? Did he have another path he could have gone down? Maybe he should have been a high school coach or some kind of sports coach instead. Right. right. Um, you know, I think like, yeah, a lot of this dream is kind of about 
his conscience and how he's kind of run away from it in many ways right. and um you know and and kind of has has fought it back um just totally. you know his life in the mafia basically is, is, well, is what it's also really about well and it goes deeper and deeper it starts with this 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 uh, new york business and it starts with it starts, it starts with this New York business, which is like the most clear, right. like current agitator, right? And the then Tony it, B stuff, and right, yeah. And then it moves a little bit deeper. Um, I mean, actually, one thing I found out was that the voice on the phone. I think that some of James Gandolfini's finest acting is actually when he's sitting there talking to Carmine when he's on the floor and Carmine's in the bed, mm-hmm. and just the subtlety of his performance is amazing it is yeah like because carmine says you know if it's the man upstairs you know tell him you know whatever but he and he's so tense and then he gets on the phone and then he kind of like has a sigh and he's talking and he's kind of like very like exhausted and a little bit like frazzled and then but but there's something so simple about when when the guy on the phone says don't fuck it up. It's important. And he goes, I know what's important. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like overdo that moment. Yeah. Even though I remember it being like such a serious, I know it's important. When you actually watch it, there's very little that changes in his face, but it really like he's Tony Soprano. I guess it's Tony Soprano in the morning. No, it is. I mean, it's, it's a big sell, you know, like yeah. I can't even imagine what it might've been like on set where it's like, what are we doing? We're, where Edie Falco and I are going to look at a TV and I'm going to point to it and then we're going to stare at it. Like, it's all so bizarre. You well, know, this like, is a it, situation it's... where, like, the director and the writers really have to be in a, like, in agreement and on the same page. Right. And have, like, an actual idea. It's not just like, oh, here's some stuff. The actors will do it. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, uh, that yeah. That was a question, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure David Chase is normally on set. I feel mm-hmm. like for this one, he was probably especially paying attention. I'm mean, not that he didn't every week, but like, like you said, I feel like this is kind of an opus in some ways. Yeah, and it says so much about the main character and reveals so much that it, it is a to me is a very very important episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, the big things are obviously dealing with Tony B, and the th- that's the thing that everyone keeps saying to him: Are you prepared to do this this thing? Are you prepared to to do this thing? So he's he knows deep down he has to deal with that. Yeah, it's a sub- um, it's a subconscious. It's just like the dream that he has. Uh earlier right about puss um some of the things that i just really liked about i mean i love the gloria trillo as melfi scene there i I love the sound design they do where occasionally it's it's lorraine brocco's voice and then most of the time it's actually uh uh annabella shiora's voice yeah yeah Um, that's really really smart and i love how it's you know, you get moments where you think you're out of the dream. It jumps right. to the to the therapist's office, and you think he's telling her about a dream. Right. And then you see uh, that you, it's her. You see that it's her. Right. And and so he sort of knows he's dreaming. He sort of doesn't. The cuts are really nice. They are. And yeah, I mean, speaking of that, I, like I think one of the things that really makes it work, and one of the things that kind of makes like bottle episodes in general work, is mm-hmm. that like we are kind of primed to think that it's, we're going to have a Tony scene and then cut to like an establishing shot. And then it's going to be a Christopher scene, for example, right. and then cut and then it's a poly scene and then cut back to the Tony story. Yeah. Um, one of the things that kind of just adds the tension to this episode <laughs> and to the usual bottle episodes in general mm-hmm. is that 
we're not leaving this scene. You know what I mean? We keep right, cutting away, right. thinking, "Oh, the dream's gonna be over now," but it like continues, and it's just so wacky and and out of format, and and it just really adds this layer of just weird tension to the whole thing. That's, it, and that's, it works really, really well because does, yeah. you think that you're about to come out of it, and then you really don't. Right? You know? I mean, and there are certain cuts where it's like clear that you're still in the dream. Right. But they also take you to some new places. Like I love the way that all of the stuff in the cars yes. is shot. Yeah. And it's a different thing because like I, the, the, the dream that he has about big puss, they're like in a little clown car <laughs> and that shit is hilarious. Yes. Right. Right. And, right. Like, but this is so much more surreal. The colors are very blue. It's very vintage looking. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of fun with, with what was on the outside of the cars, you know, mm-hmm. like not only, uh, not only as far as as just like it being a vintage car, and then they had uh, some of the some of the characters from the past, uh, yep. who's who, if you will. Yeah. Um, but also, like when they drive up, I mean, I I really love the the moment in the car where Johnny's driving. He lights his cigarette. He says, "You okay back there?" And he he says, "You want to sit in front?" He says, "No, Dad, I'm fine." And that's the first time we've ever heard Tony address someone mm. like that. His right, tone yeah. is so respectful and loving and interesting. He's like a little kid. And he's yeah. like a little kid. And then and then you know you cut back and and uh, he asks. He, I mean, a lot happens. There there are a lot of details, but he asks uh, he asks where they're going and. Uh, it's Ralphie and he says, go into the job. You right. Know? And he says it like in a concerned kind of way, like, you know where we're going. Right. Yeah. Are you not prepared? Yeah. It's like, it's, he's like, oh, what do you mean? You know? Right. And, it's, and it's so, it's just so Ralph. I just love it. How yeah. like they don't have people act all fucking weird and crazy. Right. Like even when Artie is in there, he's, even when he's doing stuff that he wouldn't do in real life, he still sounds like cheeseball Artie. He does, you know, yes. like like when like when Tony's being chased by the mob with the pitchforks and the whatnot, you know, he's like in here, you know, he has his jacket on. But like, that's how Artie would totally be if he was it a is, gangster. Yeah. You know, he'd be like a little bit too animated and kind of cheesy and yeah. like, come on, you well, know, it's like a weirdly simplified version of everybody. Yeah, anyway, yeah. totally. Uh, I have a theory about the Artie thing that he's kind of supposed to be Tony's conscience in a way, like his his last lifeline to like the the regular world i guess or you know uh, when they're driving to um i guess it's right before the high school scene but there's that after the chase scene the frankenstein parody chase scene when the the townspeople are chasing tony and Artie, you know signals to go to the car um he tony says something like what are you doing here or before that actually Artie just says like i'm wiped out (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, he goes, oh, I'm wiped. Yeah, yeah and he's I, driving. I, I feel like that's supposed to kind of be like Artie in a, in a way is like the angel on Tony's shoulder. That's you know, true. like that's the one true. like kind of guiding him maybe the right way in life. That's true. Um, and he's just, I'm wiped out. Tony's Tony's conscience is, it's like the dying gasps of yeah, Tony's. Yeah, Tony's conscience is exhausted. It that's is. totally yeah. true. Yeah, he's worn it out. Um, so that's just, that's a little thing I just want to throw in. No, I, th- um, I think that's totally true. And I think that like, I mean, we're kind of we're kind of dancing around all the Finn stuff in here, but like that's on purpose because fuck Finn. But um, <laughs> like, right. but like, I think that it's interesting. Those car scenes are 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 really good. That's all I'm saying. And when they get all, all that I want to say is that when they get to Tony's house, when they're going to the job, right, is that it's like clearly his. It's very stylized, which is very uncommon for this show. Yeah, but it's so subtle. But it's clearly shot on film. 
you know, yeah, like, I think but, it's a green. I think the outside is a green screen too, right, but, so they right, could but play the, with but, it. But but the green screen footage I know you mean. Yeah, yeah. is clearly shot on film yeah. or something like. It's like it's really shitty looking. Yeah, it's a um, lot like the uh, the calling on all cars dream where Ralphie's in the front with the caterpillar on his head. Yeah, it's a lot like that. But what's on the outside of the car it has never been that grainy and kind of like low mm. light and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like a bit of a walk down memory lane type vibe. Yep. And I think that he feels very uncomfortable. I would feel very uncomfortable with that because like he's getting to the job, but it's actually his house and he's confused and right. he's not prepared. He's not prepared to handle that. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, as long as it's not, uh, you know, he's not prepared for real life. He's like, he's no, no one ever accuses him of being unprepared for the mafia shit. Everyone's, everyone's always just like, go deal with it. Don't fuck it up. Blah, blah, blah. Right. But the theme throughout this whole thing is that he's getting tons of just like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to do this also. Right. And he's like, uh, I don't know. Right. What is that about? Well, yeah. And the, the, this, I guess could be, you know, I mean, on the surface, obviously it's killing Tony B. Um, underneath it's kind of like, you know, are you going to kind of, I guess, face yourself, you going to handle your life. Are you going to handle your life? Are you going to get back with Carmela? You know, there's a lot going on there. Um, uh, Annette Benning, we should talk about her really quick. Well, she, let's, uh, we should let's set up that scene because that's yeah. kind of a that's that's a big thing in and of itself. It is. Um, they have this really awkward dinner. Yep, which is really awkward, and a dinner and a dinner and right. it's really strange. <laughs> um, but it's just, I mean, he he wakes up, he's at home, he left his brown suit. Mm-hmm. I think to me, the brown suit kind of represents the everyday Joe. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of thing, and okay. then because they, you know, he he he's feeling like if he's back home, he doesn't have any of his cool shit. He's not wearing his like his zhuzhed up yeah. mafia. I'm gonna go bang everybody gear. Okay. You know, <laughs> right? right. Um, I mean, this is a dream sequence, so we got to be literal, right? Uh, so, well, it is in some ways, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he, you know, he only has his brown suit, which is that's like the everyday Joe kind of vibe. And they're looking at the TV, and they basically have a conversation. Like, there's a there's a, a, a clip from Chinatown, mm-hmm. a clip from Scrooge. Yep. Uh, when they go into uh, when they go into uh, Vesuvio, there's a Gary Cooper movie. High noon, yeah. High yep, noon. Yep. So that's another thing. But like the brown suit sort of represents like the the regularness of life. And then there's also, um, it's I wouldn't say it's on the nose, but it's just a it's just a, a little give. Uh, they, you know, they gave us one. They said, uh, you know, it's just. So much more interesting. I mean, look at, you know, and right. she says, what do you mean? Well, that is you. Right. Well, a lot of it is on the nose. Let's just, I mean, and I think it's, in, yeah. I think it's supposed to be in some ways. Well, I think you're the supposed first time to... you watch. I think that if we watch it thinking about it, we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I just, right? I, when David Chase was talking about, uh, he wrote an essay about Twin Peaks a couple of years ago and talked about the dream sequence in dream sequences in the show and just basically said, like, you're supposed to be able to interpret them. I think that, like, people like right. us spend too much time talking about them. And when, when in some ways it's <laughs> like enough. actually supposed to sort of be fairly on the nose. Right. But, um, right. but yeah, I, I do like that. It, I, it reminds me sort of of the finale. There's a weird cut in the finale when he first walks into the walks into the diner. It goes from Tony's face. And then there's a really hard cut to, like, Tony just sitting. Sitting, yeah, exactly. And I always think about that, that there's some weird... I, I don't know, watching your life pass by kind of thing there. And then I also think it's just like, we're all sort of obsessed with TV and movies and what's our arc and kind of think that life is supposed to be a big dramatic thing. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't. It's Who knows? Not. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I totally uh, agree. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, it's yeah, it is a little on the nose. But I but I like how they use the TVs as transitions to kind of move the dream along as well. They they do a nice job with that, and like it's it's. Uh, I think that to to go back to the Carmelo, like, what do you mean? It is your life. It's that like he's living an advertisement, you know, and he mm-hmm. sort of knows that he's pretending that everything's okay. Good point. But yep. he knows in his subconscious that it isn't. Right. You know? Um, well, yeah. Which yeah. is not uncommon, but it's worse for him. Right. <laughs> I think we can say. Well, Andy's just, he's obsessed with how's it going to look. That's a, that's a thing he, that's a question he says out loud that's a lot. That's a really good point. You know what I mean? That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. So that brings us to Vesuvio. Uh, Vesuvio. Good old, good old Vin McKazian <laughs> is back. And his wife is played by Annette Benning, And she's, actually Annette Benning, which I think is a little bit of comic genius, actually. I love that. But can you unpack this for us a little bit? Vin McKazian, Annette Benning, go. Uh, well, I mean, Vin McKazian's another dead person from Tony's past that I'm sure he feels guilty about. Sure. Annette Benning, uh, was in Bugsy, a mafia movie, and Tony is obsessed uh, yes. with, with mafia movies. And, um, with and, uh, Warren Beatty. Yeah, and, and uh, who she is still married to, I believe. Lucky Warren. Um, yeah, right? Um, nice. And I think that's really kind of, I think it's just it's supposed to be funny. I think it's it's just a little funny little joke that he would dream about Annette Benning. Yep. And that, you know, <laughs> yeah. that whole sequence really is, is is like one pop culture reference after another where oh, they completely. go into the, the, the bathroom. Obviously, it's all Godfather. Um, he, well, and also when uh, when Phil gets shot, it's very Godfather. Yeah. Where he, he, he gets out of the car and yeah. he kind of like lies down, you know, all that's with a leg out. It's very, right. you know, it's, it's simple the way that they did it, but it's really you know, it makes sense. Right. I think that the Annette Benning thing, what I love about that is that it's, it's one random thing thrown in there. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Which it, it feels... sort of could have been, it didn't have to be Annette Benning. Right. Is what I'm saying. It could have been like the rock. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> Clearly should have been, should have been the rock actually. Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, or that. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it didn't have to be Annette Benning, and like, she plays it really well. Like when, <laughs> Like when she has a question yes. and, uh, and, and she gets, she, you know, she says Annette Benning. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one of my it's favorite excellent. moments. I it's love that. Really well done. Um, that whole sequence. So that's like Tony getting, so as the dream goes on, Tony gets closer to the truth that he doesn't yeah. want to think about, which is that he knows Tony B is out there. Um, probably killing, killing someone, someone. Yeah. yeah and there he's he's asleep and in, in his dream world there's nothing you can do which i'm sure adds to the anxiety and his dream is wrong we should point out right yeah it's like his it's like he was close you know in the right neighborhood not the right, right house right um but i do love that whole sequence i love phil asking how long he has to count till he gets up and his response like i got kids they got kids that always makes me laugh it's um, but it's also kind of sad because you know you have you know the 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 surrounding episodes here where we're dealing with Tony B and like their childhood together mm-hmm. that's some real shit you know what i mean totally, and it's yeah. like it's like back in the day like that's that's how you thought about it but they they're playing for keeps you know what i mean and i feel like not often uh does tony sort of step back and be like oh wait like this is actually this is awful <laughs> you know right and i feel like that's right. him yeah, sort yeah, yeah. of reflecting on this that like this isn't like some it, it sucks. Yeah. You know, it'd be a big deal if a grandfather of, of yeah, exactly. Or anyone, like he doesn't have life. to stay down. He's like really dead. Like, right. but they play it like, you know, like it's 
like it's some sort of game and it right. really isn't. It's actually, it's like the, you know, it's the, the most dangerous game. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so that ultimately leads us to, I mean, he gets chased by the town folk, a uh, little cameo from Melvoin just thrown into the crowd. Polly's in the crowd too. Oh, is he? I didn't yeah. notice that this time. Polly's in the crowd. Uh, Carmela's in the crowd. Those are the three mm-hmm. people I recognized. And uh, then, um, Lee Harvey Oswald shoots at him. The Har- yeah. But I mean, I just feel like it's one of those sort of like, that's just his guilt chasing him. He just feels yeah. closed in on everyone has a problem with him. Totally. It's, I mean, it's kind of clear. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it is. I just love Artie in the jacket, like over here yeah. <laughs> and here. And yeah. And he's running towards that car that's just playing hip hop, which I wonder, I always thought it was like, it's about Christopher. Is it about like, cause it looks like Christopher's car kind of. Yeah. It's well, it's an SUV. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's a Janice thing in their SUVs mm. bumping that rap shit. True. You know, Janice doesn't make an appearance, which is interesting. Yeah. I guess I th- she was unavailable that week. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> That's actually a good point of why is it, why is it? Maybe- Probably because they, they already had like the Livia stand in with Gloria and there was no real need or. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about the rap car. Oh yeah. yeah. I, don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I, maybe it's Tony. Maybe the whole thing is like, he's running toward like, he kind of has nowhere to go. Well, I he's think part of he's, he's, he's a little bit antiquated. Yeah. He's not the newest hippest thing. Right. What he's doing is sort of part of a dying breed. That's a good point. I was going to say, I mean, it could also just be that like, like literally someone drove by the park plaza blasting hip hop and that just made it into his dream for a second. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because when he's like banging Charmaine there, you can hear like the horse hoofs outside. Right. Which That's could be point. in his dream or it could just be happening outside outside his window and he's just hearing it and it's like kind of influencing what he's thinking about. No, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. All right, we'll take that. Okay. Um, and so it, it ultimately ends with him going back and um, reliving his almost varsity athlete days. He's back at high school. Um, he's seeing coach uh, Molinaro. Molinaro. Coach Marinara, uh, as I like coach to say. Coach Marinara. Uh, in the uh, in the depths of the of the of the high school there, and yeah. he's kind of like the voice that just won't shut up in his conscience. You know, the one who's kind of telling him that like you could have been someone. You know, I mean, yep. in in a season that's kind of about like wasted potential in a way. He's talked so much about Tony B and his wasted potential, and I yeah. personally think he's he's mostly talking about himself and right. and like the different roads he could have gone down. Right. I think it makes sense to to end it here with with this guy. And he's also kind of like if it, like if Artie's a part of his conscience, then so is this guy, I guess. Well, you doesn't know? Artie lead him to this guy? Yeah, I think that I think once he gets in that car with Artie, it brings him to coach. That's how Marinara. it lines up, right? Yeah. yeah. Um and uh and we I, I wonder what's true here. I mean, it's a dream, but like I think this is the first time we've heard anyone say that he was that he could have been like a coach and that this guy like actually had some some interest in him. Well, I have a theory. I mean, because Tony probably has has gassed this a little bit in his mind over the years. Well, yeah, and well, he's, ha- he's had the dream before apparently. Right, but I mean coach Marinara in the back in the day was probably like, "Hey, you know, you should be on the football team like you could do well or something. I mean, maybe he said something, mm-hmm. but there's no way coach Marinara was like, you have all the qualities that we need. Yeah. You know, like he, he, like basically this guy's giving like a speech that sounds like fucking Eisenhower. Right. You know, to Tony in this dream. This is also Tony blowing a little bit of sunshine up his own dress. That too. You yeah. know what I mean? That too. Definitely. Um, I mean, but I think that he can feel that like, you know, it's a, it's just one of those things where you can feel the wasted potential. We don't really know to what extent this guy actually said anything. Right. 
but I mean, there's no, I mean, in my mind, there's no way that it was as literal and as like he, you know, he lays it on so thick in the dream. Yeah, I agree. With I that. think yeah. that he probably wasn't so heavy with the grease gun in real life. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Dreams are literal in that sense or simplified. It's black and white. It, yeah. Yeah. It's like totally. he's head over heels. Like you should be a fucking like army general or right. a football, co- you know, like man genius or something, <laughs> or you're a total failure. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I'm sure this is just the voice underneath it all that's always kind of pestering him, and he tries to shoot it, and he can't and he shoot can't it. do it. I think also one of the one of the most honest things that he's ever said on the show is is when he says like I was just telling you that because I just like to shine people on because that's what I do. Yeah, which I feel like if Tony Soprano in real life said that, it would be like a relief for him to say. In yeah, some way, yeah, totally. Because that's just totally him, you know. I love that. Um, so it's also an excuse. True. Because he's shining himself on because that's what he does. That's true. Um, So, I don't know. I mean, we could talk for hours about this probably. Well, let's jump to the scene with Carmella because you already brought this up. The horse... Oh, right, right. In the dream, yes. Yeah, in the dream, he brings the horse in. Clearly, it represents his other women. They both burn. Bada bing, bada boom. Yep, she says there's some non-negotiable rules, which I feel like he knows means that he's got to get rid of people like Valentina if he wants to, ever wants to get back with her. She also said it to AJ. She said when AJ wanted right. to come back, she goes, there's some non-negotiable ground rules. Right. And she says in this one, non-negotiable conditions, same diff, whatever. Is that what she, that's, that's the, that's the quote? That's the quote. Yeah. Non-negotiable conditions. Right. And, and, but like you pointing out that the horse is quite representative of, I mean, I think it, the horse represents the women, but I, cause it burned, but I think it also represents a lot of his work bullshit. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Not totally. as much as the women, but the, the horse was like part of it's, it was at the center of everything. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? His psychosis, his woman thing, yeah. his work thing. I mean, yeah, it was, it was a surprisingly major plot point of season four, <laughs> which is funny to look back on. Right. And then it, it'll sort of come up again in a few weeks when he sees the painting in Polly's apartment. Well, let's also not forget the horse was another victim of him. Well, that's yeah. The horse is yet another dead person. If you could say that in, in this dream, no, full, I'm of, with full that. of dead people. Yeah. I'm, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. I love that. Yeah. Uh, um, also, by the way, shout out to Richie April. Shout out to big puss. Shout out to, uh, Mikey Ralphie, Palmisi. Mikey Palmisi. I Which, really love Mikey Palmisi. Me too. I got no opinion one way or the other. Was that something he ever said on the show before? Or I always find that interesting. Like, he did he say that at one point in the show to Tony? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. Not that I recall. Uh, who else? Uh, uh, Gigi. Gigi is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and of course, Carmine. And Big Carmine. Big Carmine. And multiple others, I'm sure. A lot of people from the past. Uh, Vin McKazian, of course. Um, yeah. So yeah, a lot of, Finn, lot of this is the last time we're going to see Finn. I think. Yep, he dies next episode. <laughs> he's he's next to Adriana, and Sil's just like, "Fuck it, I'll kill this guy too." She knows, but she doesn't know. <laughs> you know, uh, we do see Finn and uh, through season or up until the middle of season six A. All right, fine, just make a big deal out of uh, me being wrong, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, death on the brain. I mean, death that's on the his brain. business. His business is, is death, and I'm and he's he's he. he uh, yeah, that's true. A lot of stuff he's thinking about here. And then, of course, yeah. of course, these are a lot of the people are the people he's killed himself. Pussy and uh, Ralphie. Yep. And uh, I guess that's really the only couple direct ones. Yeah, but, but he had he had know, something he directly had, to do with it. Yeah. Which is what he's thinking about. I think, you know, that he has to have something directly to do with with Tony B. Right. Because, again, like we were saying, like he knows the steps. If Tony B has if Angelo has been killed and Tony B does get vengeance. There's really only one way out. 
Right. And he might not want to think about that, but underneath it all, he's aware of that. Well, and he can't fuck it up. That's for sure. Um, So he wakes up. Christopher comes by. Christopher is delighted to report that Tony B's fucked. Just poor guy's fucked, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Very excited that this guy he's wanted to get rid of. That's a good point. um, Takes a Toblerone. (laughs) I love that he (laughs) can eat that. Yeah. And Christopher's (laughs) wide awake, by the way, at like 5.15 in the morning, I guess. But, hey. Well, he's not fucked up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, And then, yeah, he calls Carmela because... Again, underneath it all, he was thinking about his marriage and wanting to get back with with her as well. Right. And I, I like right. this moment. I like this little, this nice moment they have. I like here. it too. He keeps asking if it's light out where she is. Mm-hmm. They they share a a, a dumb joke or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, she knows Astro about House. his coach Molinaro dreams. Yep, Astrohaus. Yeah, they, they they She knows about his coach Molinaro dreams, which is really interesting. We didn't we didn't know about that, and we thought that he told us everything. It's a nice twist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I like this ending. It's good, Commodores. Great. Bada bing, bada boom. Yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you were saying, it's it sets up a lot of stuff without having too much plot, and um, we learn a little something about Tony, you know, which I is nice. I think he learns a little thing about himself. He does. Yeah. <laughs> he really does. Uh, I feel like, yeah, we we probably fucked this one up in some way because there's so much going on. Um, Just leaving something out. I don't care. I feel like we probably did, but that's okay. Um, this really is. Uh, we could. We should do another podcast about this episode next week because it really is one of my one of my favorite ones. If I were ever to make a film, I feel like it would be somewhat like this. Just a total mind fuck and very pretentious and on the nose. And, and at, the, the, same at, time. at the plaza. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I just love this stuff. It really feels like. No, it's really it's really good filmmaking because. There's so much there. There's mystery, but there's also stuff that you can kind of yeah. piece together very easily. Right. Yeah. And and it's and it's risky. It which is. Which I really like. And it feels I've never seen anything else except for maybe like Mulholland Drive that actually feels like a real dream. Yep. It's yep. very hard to actually capture that on film, and somehow they really did it. Just the way the time moves, and this like in some of the Kevin Finnerty dreams for sure. Yeah, but even yeah. those are like a little more like the timing of it feels more like real life. This the yeah, captures that yeah. feeling where like you're looking in looking down the hallway, and then you turn around and suddenly you're you're in a new place. Or it's kind of like it's like oh I had this dream I was at your house, but it wasn't really your house. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. I don't know. It somehow just nails that, which is hard to do. And I love that. I'm a big yeah. fan. Big big fan. Um, so speaking of Matt Weiner, one of our questions this week comes from, uh, from at Paul from the gym, (laughs) which is a great, great, uh, Twitter handle. That's really good. Uh, he asks, what's the appeal of Mad Men? I don't get why it's considered on par with the Sopranos. What's it all about? Why don't you illuminate me? (laughs) That's a loaded question. Why don't you illuminate me? Mm -hmm. All right, Paul from the gym. Okay. Uh, I love Mad Men because there's, it's a soap opera. There's so Mm -hmm. little that goes on. I mean, Mad Men is, if you want to compare it directly to the Sopranos, I would say that Mad Men replaces the violence in Sopranos with like all the romance shit. So, so that's like, that's like the fattening part of Mad Men, but then you get, you still get the incredible character studies and these people that are very, very deep and that you can go very, very far with. It's just instead of people shooting each other, they're all fucking. uh, Or uh, running over their feet with lawnmowers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's, there's really, there's very simple bait in Mad Men. It's sexy. It looks cool. You know, like everyone's kind of fancy looking and good looking. Yep. Um, 
but really like it has a lot of the same like general things there's lots of misogyny uh, yes. lots of drinking <laughs> which we love yeah yeah everybody loves to watch that right but, like it really just takes it's like you know if it's, if in sopranos the the violence is something that kind of gets you over the hump then in mad men it's got to be that soap opera aspect totally yeah um but then aside from that i feel like it it also just nails that lifelike pace you know that's like true the Where, like, does. like nothing happens and something happens yeah. yeah and like i love that a major thing can happen off screen or even like between episodes and there's no real need to show for example like the grandfather passes away I mean, that's not right. a huge spoiler but that doesn't really happen <laughs> on a screen bastard anyway yeah and um and just it, i don't know i love the rhythm of it it's dreamlike yep. it's weird it can kind of like go from genre to genre based on the week like sometimes it's straight up comedy and sometimes it really felt like you were watching like a horror show no i love that you know? i totally agree um so we recommend it it's nfc approved yeah big time that's it wcti um, approved <laughs> this one comes from uh we've had a question from this guy before from at a welcome distraction who'd win in a fight salvitro in his cast versus christopher Maltesanti's nose i don't know <laughs> I, I mean that's funny but i don't know <laughs> there you go <laughs> i think uh Salvitro. Salvitro, probably. Because you could no. just step on it. Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, this one comes from at Skylands CFC. Can you come up with a better Sopranos-themed band name than Fruits of Zelman? Fruits of Zelman is pretty, pretty good. good. yeah. How about No Fucking ZD? That's a, that's a pretty good band name. That's a good one. Uh, AJ and the Fly Swatters is a pretty good one. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh... uh Poppers and Weird Sex. Poppers and Weird Sex is a great one. Yeah. Um, hey, everybody, booyah. <laughs> hey, everybody, booyah. No, <laughs> it's, a, it's the band is called Poppers and Weird Sex, and the lead single is Hey, Everybody, yeah, Booyah. Exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, with the follow-up single, My Pizza Never Heard of Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's, that's all we got. Well, here's one from, uh, at Benj- Benjamin Holm, uh, 86. You ever think about that back thing with Notre Dame with Notre Dame? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I showed that scene to some people at Notre work. Dame actually here. Yeah. I, I showed that scene to people at work <clears throat> and I was like, you guys, this is the fun. So someone was like, yeah, you know, uh, they were asking who, uh, Steve Sharipa was. Ah. And I was like, friend of the pod. I was like, friend of the pod. Go way back with Steve. Yep. To like a multiple couple, faves. a couple tweets ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah multiple faves exactly. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, you got to see this scene. And I played him the the back thing scene, which is fucking incredible. And I was sitting there like laughing my ass off. And everyone's like, no reaction, no reaction. And then and then the my least favorite, which is. Yeah, that's funny. And <laughs> well, I was like, okay. If that was a if that was a comedian though, that would be the highest possible compliment. If that was a real stand-up comedian, they were just like, cool, yeah, that's funny. That's like the best. You're never going to get a real laugh out of like Louis CK, but if he was like, that's funny, it would be like, oh my god. Yeah. So, All maybe right, maybe, maybe I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah, I I the people I work with are not always funny. <laughs> anyway, so we don't need to get into that. Um yeah, so uh well guys, step it up with the questions next week. I guess I posted a little late this week, but you know, that's, Whatever. that happens. Stop, don't don't blame yourself. You're going to have a dream about it, an anxiety dream. Yes, like I am, like we got to do the podcast and you <laughs> didn't post to get am. questions. Um so we will be back next week to talk about quite an episode. Long-term parking. Mhm. Um, on WZTI, <laughs> arguably 
the best television show episode rather of our lifetime which we don't know when that ends so that could change but <laughs> that's so, a good point so, so far just assume that it's forever it, yeah exactly um so big big episode it's gonna be tough for us to be funny as it is every week of course but next yeah, week especially I'm, I'm struggling um so uh we'll see you then until then until then as always subscribe on itunes follow us on twitter tell a friend scream scream it from the rooftops scream it in someone's face announce it on the subway uh stand up on your restaurant table and scream it to everyone in the restaurant but pay your bill first pay your bill put in your email signature take out a craigslist ad talk to the ad men and buy some ad time on the subway and also in the taxi cab monitors that's important put it in your aim profile do a skywriting put it in sky mall magazine <laughs> put it in the airport <laughs> Uh, buy a pop-up I don't even know what I wrote here <laughs> buy a pop-up on pork hunt oh porn porn hub rather buy a pop-up on, buy porn a pop-up on porn hub <laughs> that's a mouthful uh, oh. <laughs> it is isn't it um, uh, uh, send your grandmother a telegram um, uh, yes um, uh, engineer some ransomware yes so that right. everyone at most of the major hospitals in the world <laughs> <laughs> have to listen to the podcast or they lose all their health information. Excellent. Yes, yes. that's good. All right. Uh, until next time, this is No Fucking ZD. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. You once, twice, three times a lady. And I you once, twice, three times.